0: Welcome to the life of Jesus lesson 14. Uh, we'll pick up where we left off on page 11. Uh, pages 10 and 11 really, at the bottom of page 10. We, we're again in Genesis 1:11, God said, "Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, who seed in itself on the earth, and it was so and the earth brought forth grass and the herb that yields seed according to its kind." And the, three, the tree, excuse me, that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. So once again we have the phrase God said, all right, it indicating a creative act taking place and matter coming into existence. This time in the form of global vegetation. And what was unique about this first creation? was that all of them were created with functional maturity meaning that, for example, all the fruit trees were created with fruit on them so that when man and animals came along a few days later there would be an abundance of food waiting for them. Alright? So, in other words, you know the big question about did the chicken or the egg come first? It's a chicken, Dopey! Only a chicken could lay the egg. <laughs> and an egg needs to be incubated. Something needs to sit on it. You know, it's so dumb the way people have these, these arguments. All right? So what this, t- <laughs> Sorry. So what this tells us is that, is that everything was made fully mature. All right? So that, see, otherwise, can you just imagine? God creates Adam and Eve, and He says, from every you know, tree in the garden you may eat except for this tree, and they go to a tree, and they go, oh, yeah, the season's not right. We don't have any fruit yet. Okay, now how long does it take for the fruit to come, Lord? How dumb would have that been? Amen, you know, okay. You know, I'd oh, start eating leaves or something. Obviously, when God created everything, see, we'd miss this. When God created everything, it had, all the trees had fruit. Isn't that brilliant? So you can see creation as it was happening. It wasn't just a tree came, fruit came. Yummy, okay. And birds were created in midair. Otherwise, they wouldn't know that they're meant to fly. Can you, are you getting this? They'd be flying when they were created and they'd go, woo, ha! <laughs> this, is, this is good, <laughs> you know? Uh, what do we do when we get tired? <laughs> land, land, okay? Anyway, so, but that's really important that we understand that everything was created with a functional maturity. This also explains, and I don't want to get too technical and scientific, but it also explains why you know, scientists say, well, you know, it would take X number of years for the light from a certain star to reach us and blah, 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 blah. Therefore, you know, uh, creation can't be right because we're seeing stars that it would take almost a million years, you know, for their light to get to us. And if we're seeing them and they're that far away, then obviously the, the universe is millions of years old. Unless God was smart enough, hello, to put, send the light all the way from the star to the planet. Create the light beam from the star and say, now keep it going. Just like he made fruit on the tree and said, keep making fruit. Do you understand? Do you, you get what I'm saying? So that's the reason why all the arguments fell, because God made everything what we call functionally mature. It was already working. What we were meant to see, we saw. It wasn't like 3,000 years later, suddenly we saw a star and went, oh, there was a star there. And God goes, oh, that's what I forgot. (laughs) Do you understand? You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, just, all right, there was, I'm sorry, I got scientific on you. Anyway, let's get back to this. Um, Henry Morris, PhD and Professor of Applied Sciences, confirms all this as he writes, it is significant that these plants were made not as seeds, but as full grown plants, whose seed was in themselves, which is what it says there. Just as Adam was created, a full-grown man, ready to reproduce. Amen? Are are you all getting that? Okay. Alright, so interestingly, evidence of plants and animals being created in an instant of time can now be verified scientifically with uh, more and more evidence surfacing every year. Again, I've given you where that's from. Alright, what all this tells us is that everything God created was fully functional and engaged in their various activities the moment they were created with fish swimming, birds flying, and so on. That was the marvel and the miracle of God's creation, not only the Father, but Christ as well. All right, now, fourth day, wow, we're doing well. Following this amazing, we will slow down, okay? I just want to get through this. Following this amazing creation, it goes on to say in Genesis 1, verses 14 through 19, then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. Now notice that God's specific purpose for putting all the stars and everything else out there, all right, and the planets that light up, was for this purpose at this time. It wasn't for all time. Okay, and I'll talk about that more as we get to it. We need to understand why things are put there. This is why we have this problem between the scientists and you know the religious community, and why the religious community you know believed that we were the center of everything, all right. As far as our planet goes, which wasn't, All right. right, There's there's. uh, I shouldn't get technical on you. There are two beliefs, okay, in the scientific community in in the past. That was an Earth-centered model of space. Okay, so the Earth was in the middle and everything, including the sun, revolved around it. Alright? And then there was a sun-centered okay, model, where the sun was in the middle and all the planets, like what we have today. Alright? The reason that they believed that the Earth was in the middle and, and they fought the idea that you know the sun was in the center and we were going around was because of things like this. Because they read that everything was created for us. Everything was put in there. To light up and to to be signs and seasons and times and all that for us, all right. Now what we have to do is sa- balance the science with the, okay, with the re- re- religion, so to speak, with the creation. Okay. God's smart. He knows gravity. He put he he, cre- he created the idea of gravity. Okay. We only have gravity because he came up with it. Are you all with me? Okay, he knew what it would take for a planet to spin and go around and do all the things it needs to do. He knew we need to have a sun in the middle. That was that's that does not, t- you know, just cuz the sun's in the center doesn't mean that we're any less important. That's just the way the model works. Are you all with me? Okay, it doesn't take away from anything. That's just the genius of what God did. Okay? Now, however, what we also need to understand, balance on the other side is that what is out there right now, remember again, this universe. Think in terms of universe now. This universe is only 6,000 years old. It's not millions of years old, except it's infinite in its, in its space. But it's only 6,000 years old. It has planets and stars going beyond, we can, you know, we're traveling at the speed of light, we would never get to them. All right, for years and yoks. okay, a long, long, long time, okay. Even at war nine. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. All right. But the thing is, regardless, that's how God created it. That He He made man is in His image and His likeness, which is why we need to keep coming back to these things. He made us as His crowning creation. And He put all of this stuff for us. I believe later on something else is going to happen with them. If He Populated this planet, I believe as time goes on, he'll kind of do whatever. And we say, well, you can't have a non-carbon based Oh, shut up. God can make whatever he wants. The only reason that we have this carbon based life form is because God decided that's what was going to happen here. Are you all with me? Okay, he can make anything, live anywhere. It's him. It's his creation. So, having said all of that, let's get back to this now. Right, I just want you to understand that these lights were created for us it doesn't take away from the fact that this planet travels around the Sun and we're not in the center. Okay? Okay, you, you are with me? isn't Okay, that's just, okay, all right, moving on. And, let them be for lights in the firmament, I'm reading from verse 15, uh, of the heavens to give light on the earth and it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, now here comes the sun, all right? and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. I'll explain some of these things. You might be thinking, hang on, isn't the firmament uh, the watsi? I'll talk to you about that in a minute. There's so much that is mentioned in these verses that we have to look at them one verse at a time, all right? Back to verse 14. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. First of all, we must remember that all this is from the earth's perspective. So that's the first thing you have to do because we're not in space anymore. Alright, now we're on the earth. Are you all with me? Okay, so what is being written is described from here, there, looking up. Okay, that's why So somebody from the earth... Looking up, will, will think that the sun and the moon and everything is sitting on that firmament because you could see it through it. Are you all with me? Okay, and you couldn't get there to see that it was something you saw through somewhere else. Okay, just follow me. Cause see, we're so scientific now and we, we know so much now, it's very hard for us to go back and look at it again, okay, and sort of rethink it in terms of somebody sitting there looking up, that's what they're seeing. They're seeing a sun in the firmament, they're seeing a moon in the firmament, they're seeing the stars in the firmament, because it all came through the firmament. Okay, all right. Moving on. (laughs) So for someone on the earth, as God began creating and developing the rest of the universe, it would have been seen through the firmament, and therefore as part of it, and was in the heavens, or the heavens above. The first heaven and interpreted accordingly. As to the purpose of these lights in the firmament of the heavens, the verse goes on to say that they were to allow us to firstly tell day from night, secondly, as signs for navigation that the wise men used to find Jesus with, Remember? thirdly, as ways to mark off seasons, and fourthly, to keep track of time, days, and years. Right, so there's a lot of purposes for all of this. Okay? It's interesting how much we use them for, huh? I mean, we navigate with them, we can tell, you know, when it's winter and summer, just by looking up. Depending on the constellation that's up there, you can tell, because we're spinning. Anyway, you you all get this? Alright, so there's a lot of things we use it for. In verse 15, which is the whole point, God made it that way. It would be terrible if it was all stuck in one place. (laughs) And nothing moved. And it just was the same, whenever you looked up, it was a yeah, it's the same thing. All right. All right. Verse 15, God goes on to say, And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. In other words, in this stage of the universe's development, all the stars, galaxies, and so on have only one purpose, and that is to give light on and to the earth. Okay and I've said on page 13, of course in time to come it is very likely that God will again speak and create all kinds of life on various planets across the universe but only after the total and complete redemption of those after His image and likeness, us, mankind. Okay we need to finish this now because we made a mess of it. Following this verse 16 goes on to describe the creation of the Sun, the moon, and the stars, which would have um, included the rest of the planets in our solar system, which would have looked like stars from the Earth, saying, Then God made two great lights. Do you get what I just said? Because all the planets, and you know, we think they're stars, like Venus looks like a star up there. We now know it's a planet. Do you understand? But anyway. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> verse 16. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, that's the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night, that's the moon. He made the stars also I don't know whether yours you need a space there I'm sorry about that verse 17 through 19 goes on to reiterate the fact that all the lights in the heavens had one only one function at this time and that so it's a reiteration okay and that was to provide light for the earth saying about the lights God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good so the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Now, from a scientific astronomical perspective, it might interest you to know that for the longest time, because of our knowledge of the stars, because the knowledge of our, uh, the stars were so limited, what have I said here? Yeah, limited to what we could see. Scientists believe that there were a total of 6,000 stars in the entire universe, and they were all alike. That's, that was a the theory, okay? They just believed there was no more than 6,000 stars, that were all alike. Listen to this now. As a result, they said that the Bible had to be in error and not truly God's Word because it claimed first that there were a countless number of stars and second that all the stars differed in their magnitude or their brightness. And the scriptures they quoted from were Jeremiah uh, 33, 22 where God said, I will make the descendants of David, my servant, and the Levites to minister before me as countless as the stars of the sky. okay, And as a measurele- measureless of the land of the sand of the seashore. okay. And in 1 Corinthians 15.41, which said, The sun has one kind of glory, while the moon and stars each have another kind, and even the stars differ from each other in their beauty and brightness. Interesting, isn't it? Of course, today, (laughs) okay, the very scriptures that they said prove the Bible to be incorrect are the very ones that we now use to confirm the validity of the Bible. With science now stating as fact that the number of stars exceed one billion and that every star, surprise, surprise, is different. Isn't that something? That's why I keep saying, man, science needs to catch up to God, you know. People say, we're backward. It's like, no, you're backward. Get get to where you can actually, yeah, keep up with us. All right, most exciting of all is what God said in the Bible over 4,000 years ago. This is amazing. In the book of Job, chapter 38, verse 31, and that is, he said, can you bind the cluster of Pleiades or loose the belt of Orion? They looked at that and said, that's not a true statement. Because they didn't believe that could be possible. Only 20 years ago did science finally discover what they thought was impossible. But what the Bible had already stated as fact, and that is that the Pleiades star cluster is actually gravitationally bound. Isn't that incredible? The two, it's gravitationally bound. They didn't think it was possible. And there it is. All right, Once again proving that the Bible is more scientifically accurate than we ever thought possible. That, that blessed me when I saw that. Because okay? the, the guy that actually gave that information um, became a Christian because of this. Alright? When he discovered it yeah. and he found the Bible and he said it what do you do with that? All right. <laughs> oh, fifth day, wow. This is good, I'm happy. That brings us to day number five of creation. Genesis chapter one, verses 20 through 23, going to say, then God said Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, and let the birds fly above the earth, across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. <coughs> now, once, this, this starts getting interesting now, okay? Once again, what was so incredible about this was that everything God created again was in motion. The fish were created swimming. So, you know, they didn't create the fish and they were sitting there going, what do we do? <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? They were created. Sorry, what? <laughs> Should we jump? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that far, the far side comment, you know. That, uh, two fish in the ocean and they're, they're talking to each other and go, what happened to Mac? And you see a fish on the bridge and it's dying. He said, oh, He jumped. You know how we jump off the bridge into the ocean. <laughs> There's a fish jumped off the ocean into the bridge, it was very funny. Anyway, I love things like that. I, it's my weird sense of humor. Anyways, <laughs> you know. so they were all created swimming, and the fowl, the birds, were created in mid-flight. As this is also when the this is also when the magnificent sea dragon was created. Okay, as well. That's in Job 41. Um, one other significant fact that should be mentioned is that before the fall, none of these creatures fed on each other. They all lived in perfect harmony. To understand how this was possible, Dr. Carl Bor relates a conversation he had with doc- uh, Dr. William Fife, who witnessed firsthand an experiment conducted by scientists in an aviary, which contained a number of birds, a circulating pool of water at the bottom, and the most aggressive, predatorial, native, North American freshwater fish they could find, the trout, which goes for more food and bait than any other fish. The reason why they catch them so easily, all right? To their amazement, the trout stopped eating. And no matter how hard the scientists tried to feed the trout, they just wouldn't eat. This is really interesting, all right? And rather than die of starvation, the trout kept growing larger and larger, well beyond their normal size. So are you getting the picture? Alright, so they have this aviary, they have birds, they have trout at the bottom. All right? They're feeding the trout, trout won't eat. And instead of dropping dead, because they're not eating, they're actually getting bigger and bigger, and much bigger than a normal trout would get. Are you Are You get the picture now? Okay. On investigating this unusual event, they found that the bird droppings in the water were actually feeding the trout. And they were so satisfied That they just stopped being predatorial and lived at peace with their environment. So there you go. Okay? See, God made things a certain way. All right? And because of the fall and because of what's happened, things have changed. A lot of things have changed. And things aren't the way they should be. Do you understand? There is now an instinct as well to kill. All right? That came as well. So all of that is in play. But it's really interesting, you know, it's, it, that's why it's a lot of people sort of say that, you know, man is the only one that kills aimlessly. And we thought, you know, if an animal generally kills, because it's, it's hungry and it needs to eat. And, you know, this trout are showing that. Interesting, huh? Not true for everything, but again, worthwhile just the thought. But that's how God created all life on earth to be. Not one animal devouring another, but every animal living at peace with each other. And in fact, in Isaiah chapter 11 verses 6 through 8, it actually says that in that day, following the restoration of all things, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard and the goat will be at peace. calves and yearlings will be safe among lions, and a little child will lead them all. Interesting, isn't it? Alright? This is how it was meant to be. The cattle will gaze among bears, Cubs and calves will lie down together, and lions will eat grass as the livestock do. I never thought that was possible. I I thought, you know, I thought lions had to have meat. There it is. Alright. Babies will crawl safely among poisonous snakes. Yes, a little child will put its hand in the nest of deadly snakes and pull it out unharmed. Of course, this will apply especially on day number six when God created all the animals and of course man. Now returning to our text in Genesis 121 notice that it says so God created great sea creatures which the waters uh, which the waters abounded. This is when the great marine dinosaurs would have been created as well uh, and which Job chapter 41 makes reference to when it says in verse 1 can you draw out Leviathan with a fish hook or press down its tongue with a cord. All right? Although some religious scholars who have no knowledge of science believe that this this to be either a crocodile or a whale Hello, okay All you need to do is go to Isaiah 27.1 which clearly describes this creature and says Leviathan the swiftly moving serpent the coiling, whirling, uh, writhing, excuse me, serpent the dragon of the sea. So it's it's not a crocodile Uh, Okay, are you all here? Okay, it's not a whale either added to this, we only, we only have to read further in Job 41 verses 19 through uh, 21 where it goes on to describe this great sea dragon by saying out of his mouth go burning lights, sparks of fire shoot out, interesting isn't it, smoke goes out of his nostrils as from a boiling pot and burning rushes his breath kindles coals and a flame goes out of his mouth, well it sounds really like a dragon to me Okay, all right. In his commentary, Professor Professor Morris says that the Hebrew word translated "great sea creatures" in Genesis one twenty-one is most frequently translated "dragon." Evidently, the term includes all large sea creatures, even the monsters of the oh, excuse me, past. My bad. Could we change that? Put a little t in there. The monsters of the past that are now extinct. All these monsters of the past, although carnivorous after the fall, would have been peaceful, magnificent creatures to be enjoyed by all. Really sad, isn't it? Okay. All right. Day number six. This is us now. Okay. All right. Okay. And we have to quit. No. (laughs) I got got 10 minutes. We can can do something with 10 minutes. Alright, so that brings us to day number 6. Again, I, I really want to get through this fairly quickly because I just want you to know what God did, what Jesus did. Alright, this is His creation. He did all of this. This came out of His mind, out of His heart. Isn't that something? I mean, out of nothing, He created these things. That's why, you know, when I look at like little animals and I just look at my cat sometimes, You know, and the way they meow and they purr and they do their little things, little paw dances and everything. I just think all that came from Him. See, I don't see things just for what they are, I see things from where they came. And I think, God, you know, I I said, Lord, what were you thinking when you made this? You know, you made something so cute and furry and puffy and you know, there's all these crazy little things. And I thought, wow, how amazing, you know, just the beauty. Of who Jesus is can be seen in the beauty of creation, which is what Romans is all about. They said, even if you didn't know God existed, you would by just looking around you. It all came from somewhere, came from someone. Hmm? Every tree, every leaf, everything, out of absolutely nothing, that was what was created. Anyway. Just want you to see the wonder of this, you know this is who lives in us. this is who is jealous about us, jealous in that he doesn't want us to go submitting to a creation that would harm us that's why there's a you know God isn't jealous out of you know the the kind of way that people make us think that he's just all mad all the time and upset and very you know fragile and insecure and <laughs> Are you worshipping another God? Who is that God? <laughs> Who is it? No. <laughs> okay, It's nothing like that, man. It's just like, you know, it's just, don't be stupid. I made you. I made everything. Don't go worshipping any of the creations. Come to me. Amen? That's why he says, come to me, all that I have you laden. And anyway, he says, he's the one that will give us rest. So, back to this. That brings us to day number six. Very significant day. With Genesis chapter 1 verse 24 through 31 saying, And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and God saw it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in His own image, in the image of God He created him, male and female He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be food. Page 17. Genesis 1.30 Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, And it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, notice that these verses describe two significant events. The creation of man and the creation of the animals. Now because of the amount of information involved in each, (coughs) excuse me, We'll look at them separately, beginning with the creation of the animals. All right, with verses 24 and 25 saying again. Then God. I read all of that because that was all on one day, just so you understand. Okay, all right. So again, here then God said in verse 24, "Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind." And it was so. There was no Evolution. Shock, horror. (laughs) Okay? Notice everything produced after its kind. It didn't evolve into some other kind. Can I make that statement right now? Okay? Please see some of these things because this answers all the questions. It tells us that if a certain kind was made, it could um, adapt to its environment, but it wouldn't evolve. Do you understand the difference? Alright? So it could have a bigger beak or it could change its color or it could do different things. But it would not a frog would not turn out to be a dog one day. Alright? And you go, oh froggy, what happened, man? <laughs> I evolved. No, okay? <laughs> uh, okay, so your dog is never gonna become a frog, your frog's never gonna become a dog, or you know, your cat's not gonna become a rooster and one day you're Kentucky fried chicken. It's not happening. <laughs> Can you who would dinosaur? <laughs> oh, don't go there. Alright. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so God made very specific, it's very interesting, you know, they've, they've tried to cause things to become something else. It's really interesting. Apparently, all you have to do, and I can't remember the numbers now, it's been quite a while. Um, if you change, even if it's, I think, about a 3% change or something, it dies. It cannot evolve. Now, if the thing cannot change, and if you try to change it and make it something else, and it dies, what does that tell you? Before it became something else, it would have died. Hence, no evolution. Duh. Anyway, you know, I, oh, anyway. Like I said, it's a belief. That's the problem that we have. It's not science. It's a belief. That's a problem we're always going to face in trying to talk to people. And the reason why, you know, know, in studying the life of Jesus, I am learning. Hold on. You know, I, I look at the way Jesus approaches Nicodemus, and I'm not there yet, I'm so close to it now. Thank God. Anyway, um, <laughs> everything has so much in it. I'm just through the flea, you know, the cleansing of the temple. My God, the things involved in that. Oh, you can't wait. I preached some of it to Emily today. And uh, anyway, <laughs> she's my wife, man. She gets ahead, you know, whether she likes it or not. Anyway, so, um <laughs> but it's really interesting The first thing that Jesus does with Nicodemus is say, you have to be born again. Do you know why? And I realized that today when I was just looking at it, I was just looking ahead. And the Lord's talking, you know, he he doesn't stop talking either. And he said, do you know why? And I said, but I'm not there yet, Lord. Don't tell me yet. He said, I want to tell you anyway. I said, okay, go ahead. (laughs) You're like me, aren't you? He goes, yes. Anyway, so, you know, he said, because until you get born again, you can't understand anything. Remember Paul said that their mind is darkened? Light needs to come in? Interesting, isn't it? So, you know, whenever you're dealing with a person, salvation is about receiving Jesus, is about getting born again, it's not about all the arguments. All this other stuff, you can tell them after they get saved, because then they have a brain to work with. But there is a darkness there that is part of that belief system That will stop you even seeing facts and accepting something when there is proof. Just to say, okay? Just something to share with you. And I literally have run of time. Can we pick this up next week? Alright. There is so much that we we will need to talk about in these verses. Uh, And we will will do all of that next time. So we are on page 17. We are in Genesis one twenty-four. 124, yeah, and we'll pick up there. I don't yeah.